And when we begin to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ, our faith becomes communicable. It becomes understandable. It becomes transmittable. Praise the Lord. So God's doing tremendous things in you. Look at somebody next to you and say, God is at work in you. To will and to do of his good pleasure. And that which he began in you, he is faithful to complete it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Glory to God. Aha. It's good to be with you. We want to join everybody who's joining us on live stream. We're glad that you're with us today. Uh, I'm telling you, God is, uh, uh, he's always moving. He's not just on the move, but he's always moving, making things uh, happen. I love those songs that, that we're singing to really encourage our faith. And they're songs that you should just really begin to take with you every single day. If he said it, I believe it. I'll tell you, I came up in, a, in a, just a, a time, our generation, as I came up in the word of God, that was just something that was regular, uh, that we was made known. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And we began to look at what God said. God said, by his stripes, we are healed. God said he delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. God said that he, uh, we have the mind of Christ, and so we can think at a higher level. He said that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a well-disciplined mind. And we, he said it. We believe it. That settles it. I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power. I have a spirit of love. I have a well-disciplined mind. So that in the midst of all that's going on, I don't have to be afraid. I can love people and I can think clearly. I don't have to be confused at all the information that goes on. Just as Alan said, the enemy's bringing all kinds of things and facts and words and talking points. But we have the word of truth. And this isn't just talking points. This is forever settled in heaven. And Jesus said if we'd know the truth, not just skim over it, we'd know the truth. The truth would make you free. Amen. And so that daily confession, that time of just really saying, here's what you said. This is what you said about my situation. This is what you said, and I believe it. So what if I don't believe it? Well, it's time to start activating your believing. So what if I, what if I start believing and it doesn't turn out the way that, 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 that I want? Well, how's it turning out right now? What if I get my hopes up? Hmm. What if you do? Well, I don't want to be disappointed. Well, I don't know. He said if we'd get our hopes up in him, we wouldn't be disappointed. If our expectation wasn't in what we thought it should be, but if our expectation in what he already did, we wouldn't get disappointed. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we live in a great time. I want to thank everybody, all the ladies that participated, helped with the ladies' conference. It was awesome. I, I love ladies' conference because if you can't tell, you know, they, they really get after it. And so, you know, if you're, if you're not aware of atmospheric conditions spiritually, then you didn't know anything when you walked in. But if you are, you always know the ladies get the atmosphere charged up. You just come in. They set a little bit different atmosphere. So you come in. It's a little bit more free. 
right? It's just a little bit more free. They're, they're here being free and dancing and singing and worshiping God. And so we just get to be, we get to get in on residual atmosphere. So take advantage of it. If we take advantage of it, it won't be residual atmosphere. It'll be continual atmosphere. Continual atmosphere. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so we just want to thank everybody. Thank our worship team. And uh, where's Ben? Oh, anyway, uh, Ben Young, right? Uh, he came in from out of town and he's been working with our sound team and all that and, and getting some things installed, software. And he's been working, work with the ladies' conferences this morning uh, on our sound system and, and training our sound people. So we want to thank him for all he's done this weekend. Uh, make that great. So give him a hand. Um, he's working with our live stream people today. And so uh, we appreciate him and uh, the time that he spent here helping us and uh, just really taking the bull by the horns. Jonathan had to leave for a couple of days, and so Ben just took over. Our team, his leaders took over and kept the ball rolling, so praise the Lord. I thank him for that. I want you to open your Bibles to James, the fifth chapter. James, the fifth chapter. We started a new series of messages last Sunday that we entitled PPE. Anybody ever heard of PPE in the last couple of years? Personal Protective Equipment. Personal protective equipment. We're not talking about gowns and masks. We're talking about something that God is doing in us and for us and through us. And that personal protective equipment or PPE that we have has really put us into a growing season. If we understand it, we'll understand that this is how we really grow to a place and see what God wants to bring to pass within our life. And so here in James, the fifth chapter, we're going to uh, go into the first P today. We kind of went over a few things and started last week. But the, the PPE stands for patience, perseverance, and endurance. Patience, perseverance, and endurance. And we're going to look through some of those things. We're going to talk a little bit about time, as we said last week. We're going to talk about seasons of time, windows of time, uh, which we all try to take advantage of. But more importantly, that we understand that we live in time. And even though God is looking at eternity, we live in time. We have opportunities over periods of time. And sometimes we try to make things happen in our time, but God is working within a timetable that he's set. And God knows what he's doing. And God knows what he's doing in us, and God is always preparing you for success. And God's always working to bring about success for you and I. And that success doesn't just mean success. In fact, probably at the, the, the lower rung of the ladder, God's talking about success financially, promotion in your job. In fact, that's just really when God, when we understand what God is doing, it's a byproduct. Uh, John said this, he said, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health. Stop as your soul prospers. So God's working in us something deeper, and when, when we really start talking about faith and all the songs that we sung about faith, faith is in the heart. God is working from the heart of man to bring out something to the outward, uh, our outward atmosphere, our outward influence, so that we can be successful in life. And so he's working within time, and right now there's a lot of things that are being spoken to us, and, and they're bringing pressure. And, and through anxiety, through stress, through pressure that comes into our life, through the, the hurriedness of life. Very rarely do you see, as you study, do you see things really growing and coming to total fruition 
through that. In fact, we see people rushing products, rushing produce, and later finding out this rushing produce, instead of letting it take its period of time, causes some things to not be as healthy. And so God set up things, and he really wants us to understand that and understand that through patience, perseverance, and endurance, there's a season of growth so that when we get to that place, there is fruit that is abounding. There's fruit that's abounding in your life. The end, Jesus said, any, any branch in me, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Any branch in me that does not become fruitful or productive gets cut off. So his goal is to make us successful being in him and be productive in every area of life. But that produce doesn't come from our ability to manipulate or get stressed out or get worried about what's next, what's tomorrow, but to plug into, as it were, being grafted into the life-giving flow of the vine, Jesus, that the spirit of life flows through us and that we allow it that spirit of God, that spirit of life in Christ Jesus to produce what only it can produce. And we try to rush the process, but God doesn't rush the process. And so as we go through it, we study it, you'll look at different translations. Patience, perseverance, and endurance, they just weave in different translations. So I'm going to use them as is appropriate for my subject. Because they interweave. You say, well, aren't we just talking about the same thing? We're talking about redundancy, but God does that. And anywhere you look at that, these words always lay over one another. They don't stand separate. Why? Because God is building. God is, has a process of strengthening and building the word and building his character within our life. He doesn't say, just be patient over here and that'll work. No, he starts to lay patience over. And when we really understand what patience is, we begin to persevere. And when we really begin to persevere, we can endure all things. And so even though they go back and forth and their definitions weave in and out, just stay with me. I believe that really for the day that we live in and what the world and the enemy is trying to rush us through and get us concerned about and stressed about, that we can truly have peace with God. So James, <clears throat> the fifth chapter. James, the fifth chapter. says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman or the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience. Everybody say long patience. He has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. Be you also patient. Everybody say patient. patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near. He said, listen, he goes, I want you to understand that your patience is in something that is coming. Jesus is coming back. And what we do with the time that we have left is vitally important to those around us. It's vitally important to the world that we live in. Our expectation that Jesus is coming back and how we act upon that, what we do in the time between here and there is important. And it's not to rush it. He says, now you be patient and use this time to do what? To establish your 
hearts. To establish your hearts. Because the Lord is coming. And so listen, the Lord is being patient. What's he being patient for? He's waiting for souls. He's waiting for the early and the latter rain that the souls would take place, that we are here, we're working with him, knowing that he's coming, knowing that there has been an early rain and there is coming a latter rain. And that latter, latter rain of the Spirit of God is coming and there's going to be a combination of the early and the latter rain. And that early and the latter rain is going to really fall upon the just and the unjust alike. It's going to fall on the justified, the church, those who are redeemed. And it's going to equip them like never before to bring in the harvest. And the rain upon the unjust is going to begin to wash stuff off of the unsaved and cause them to realize, I need something. And they're going to be ready for the harvest. And so if we try to rush his coming, people would die and go to hell. And he says, I don't will that any should perish, but all should come to eternal life. What's he waiting on? He's waiting for the early and the latter rain. Well, how's the early and the latter rain going to come about? The church taking this time to prepare itself for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we're not just kicking back and living like the world and saying, when's he going to come? I've heard this before. I listened to the preachers of old, and they said Jesus is coming soon. But he's coming is sooner than it's ever been before. The signs of the times are more clear than they've ever been before. But he said in these last days there would be a great harvest, and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would fill all the earth. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord would fill all the earth. Can you turn up my mic just a tiny bit? I don't know if that would help, <clears throat> but my voice is wearing out fast this morning. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So he said that the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And then he told us, he said that Jesus was the head of the church, the church the fullness of him who fills everything with himself. So how's he going to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord? Through the church. Through the church. And if we establish our hearts on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we take this time to establish our hearts, to be patient, not in kicking back and throwing our feet up and living like the world until the time comes, but we're establishing, we're readying ourselves. We're learning and developing the inward man. That that inward man would take ascendancy over the outward man. That the spirit of man would have the, 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 the understanding and the application of God's word that would supersede the feelings and the emotions of the soul, but would implement and move past. That the ability of the inward man would be able to crucify the flesh so that the resurrected spirit of man would be able to take ascendancy. There's something to be done in the hearts of men and women. There's things to be done right now. And our patience doesn't mean to sit back and watch, but our patience is a time to be constant in our activity, to be focused in our activity, what needs to be done. Because Jesus is coming soon. Glory to God. He's coming soon. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He said, listen, everything that we do, we come into contact with that the enemy would come to kill, steal, and destroy. But we know that we have authority over the enemy. He's not going to stop coming, but when he comes and we say, you know what, this is just a light affliction, but it's working something. What the enemy does not know is that he's helping me develop my faith. He's helping to establish. If we establish our hearts and we understand patience and perseverance and endurance, when the enemy comes, we look and we say, listen, boy, people are looking going, How could the, wh- what's going on? How can you even be happy? How can you even rejoice in this? And we understand that, listen, what the enemy is doing right now is he's working something far greater because I'm recognizing what's going on and I'm allowing my spirit man to be developed to resist the enemy and he must flee. Well, man, he's coming at me in certain ways. Had he known, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. He's not as smart as he makes us think that he is. In fact, understand this, that he's roaming around seeking whom he may devour. He does not know instinctively what to do in your life. He's roaming around your family, my family, your job place, my job place, where you go to recreate, where I go to recreate, and he's listening and he's watching. And he's listening to what you and I say when he stirs and he shakes things up. Are you standing in faith? Or does doubt come? Does fear come? Does trepidation come? Does anxiety come? Because when he knows, if I shake them a little bit, man, they're stirred up. He just continues to move to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But if we're alert and we know he's going to stay at it, I don't mean to discourage you, but he's going to stay at it. So what does that mean? We stay at it. We stay with it. Listen, pastor, I've been with it. I mean, I've been with it for like six months now. Well, I can tell you the enemy's not going to get tired after six months. Listen, pastor, I've been with it for three years now. Come on, just stay with it. Come on, he's faithful. Even when we're faithless, the Bible says he's faithful. God will never deny himself. He'll never deny himself. It'll always be true. We'll arrive, whether we know it or not, whether we were faithful or not, when we stand before him, we'll find out that he's ever faithful to his word. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, it says this, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures. Listen, when things come against you and try to create anxiety and, and, and stir you up, he says, listen, there's a place where we find patience and comfort in the scriptures, and in that patience and comfort, hope begins 
to spring forth. Oops. Now, may the God of patience and comfort grant to you to be like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus. He said, listen, what's going on? Where's all this stuff coming from? People. But in reality, it's not flesh and blood. It's the enemy. So he said, listen, when all this gets stirred up, he said, go to the scripture. Find out what Jesus did for you. Find out what God said about this. And then ask God, who is the God of all patience and comfort, to cause you to be like-minded. What does that mean? Cause you to be patient and comforting. Patient and comforting. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. In that, you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Come on, if you've been serving and you think, is this ever going to come about? God's paying attention. God's paying attention. And I've been serving for a lot of years. I think it's just time to let somebody else serve. Don't grow weary in doing good. That's what minister means. I know you all are thinking, well, I'm not a minister. Sure you are. Minister means serving. It says, listen, God's not unjust. Forget your work and your labor of love that you've shown to his name when you have served the saints and do continue to serve the saints. All right, that went over big. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish. That word means don't become lazy, don't sit on the sidelines, don't quit, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Come on, listen. Patience is moving towards something. It's moving you towards the inherited promise. Promise. What God has promised, he is faithful to perform it. So God promised me something, he hasn't performed it yet. Then encourage yourself in the faith, knowing that he who promised it is faithful to bring it to pass. See, we we try to get to that point. Well, he promised and it hasn't happened yet. Well, just hang on that word then. Yet. If you stop with it hasn't happened, then you quit, and you'll never see it happen. It just hasn't happened yet, but he who promises faithful to complete it. Well, what in the world is he waiting for? He's waiting for something in you and I to be developed through patience so that we can carry the promise to its fruition. So we can carry the promise to its fruition. Knowing that we didn't bring it about, that it was so awesome, it was something that God did through us, through his promises, that we were so confident in faith that we were able to not just sit back and wait for it, but we had an active waiting in participating towards the promise. He said, don't get sluggish. How often do we get sluggish, get lazy, get tired, get weary? 
So Galatians says, don't get weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you do not faint. You will reap if you do not faint. So what's the strategy of the enemy? To keep reminding you, how long are you going to do this before God does something? How long are you going to do this before God does something? As long as it takes. As long as it takes. That's all you have to tell the devil. As long as it takes. Until what God is doing in me is finished, then as long as it takes. Because there is a confidence or should be a confidence in all of us that what God has begun in you, the day you were born again, well, what did he begin in me? He began a transformation. He began a transformation in changing you from who you and I were under sin, changing us into the very image of his son. Anybody there yet? So as long as it takes. Right? I know spiritually we were born again. We were born in that likeness and that image. But the development of what was born on the inside of us as a baby Christian being developed until it's fully completed. And it says that he is faithful to complete that which he started in us. And so when the enemy says, how long is that going to take? You just say, however long it takes, because I'm still growing and God's not finished with me yet. And when we begin to look at members of the body of Christ and know God's working in you to willing to do of his good pleasure and that what he started, he's faithful to finish it. He's just not finished yet. So we're not giving up on you. You're not giving up on us. We have that patience and that comfort and encouragement until we're fully where we need to be. Takes patience. Because we mess up. People mess up. Don't look at me like you never did. Come on, we mess up, and when we mess up, we have to be willing to say, I messed up. I might need to take over here and and start to work on that area where I keep messing up. Sometimes we need to move from where we are that puts pressure and causes us to say, oh, I'm going to hide that mess up, and it gets worse. The enemy finds somewhere to work instead of saying, you know what? Let's get to work on this area. God's working something in us that's far greater than we ever imagined. What religion has told us, you'll never be like him. But Jesus kept saying, I died and raised from the dead, so you could be like me. Why do we work in contradiction? Well, when's that ever going to happen? As soon as we get to really working what patience says to be working. So Isaiah chapter 40. We went over this last week, but I want to pick up on something. It says, have you not known or have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? Thank God, hang on to him, and you'll get your harvest. He said, we'll reap if we faint not. Now, let me back up for just a moment for our confidence. Right before that, he says, uh, listen, God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So you might get tired of sowing to the flesh and get weary and faint on sowing to the flesh. 
so you don't reap that. Right? Isn't that what he said? God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Therefore, do not grow weary in doing good or in sowing to the spirit, for you'll reap if you don't faint. But listen, if you just keep not getting weary sowing to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap a harvest. So it'd be really good to go, you know what? I'm just tired of sowing to my flesh. I'm going to quit. And then you won't reap that harvest because you just got tired and weary of sowing to the flesh. How come it's so easy to get tired of sowing to the spirit, but never tired of sowing to the flesh? All right, while I'm on this, I might as well just go ahead and heard somebody say the other day, you know, they were just, they were charging some things, you know, about social media. And, and while they were charging some things, as everybody you knows, up and down and they're up in arms, we, we could change this. We could all change this by just getting off of, I think it was talking about one particular side, just getting off of it. He paused and said, but we won't. I started thinking about it. I told Bucky this morning, I, I don't know why I woke up this way, but that phrase, that started coming up in my mind. And I just started thinking. Can't say it was God, but I started thinking. How many people just, you know what? They heard something negative as church, just disconnected from church. How easy was that? Get too busy, just disconnect from reading my Bible. But disconnect from Twitter? Oh my God can't do it. Just think for a moment. If you can't do it, that would say you would be in bondage to it. How come it's so easy to disconnect from church, reading your Bible and stuff, but not my morning Facebook, not my morning Twitter, Be better to be a slave to your Bible. <laughs> oh my God, get up and not read my Bible? Go to bed and not read my Bible? Not know what God's saying and what God's doing? Oh, no way. Just saying. And to think, just knowing the culture we live in, to just stop doing it, how it would make things change. But they pretty much know they've got humanity hooked. But if the church all of a sudden said, not us, we'll be subject to no one but him. Now, I lost track of where I was. We don't become sluggish. We don't become weary, lazy in doing the things of God. But take the example and imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. And so he goes on and he says, listen, God's not getting weary. His understanding is unsearchable. This is Isaiah 40. 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He says, listen, now is the time to lay aside the sin and the weight which so easily besets you and begin to run your race and run a race that you won't get weary. You won't get tired. You'll complete the course. He said, the things that are keeping you from running, that they're, they're wearing you out, just go ahead and set those aside and begin to run your race in a different manner. So as we looked at that waiting on the Lord last week, we started to see that that word right there doesn't mean to just sit back and wait for God to do something. That word wait means to twist together. You know, if you went out and you got a rope today and you, you, twisted that, you saw that rope twisted together, it's really interesting how you take that rope and twist it together. And I apologize, I was going to have a visual, but I don't know why I forgot. I had it. Anyway, so it's twisted together. And so you have a, a three or four big strands that are woven together. But if you pull that big strand off, guess what? There's all kinds of little strands woven into that strand. And the more that each individual little strand that could be easily broken meshes together with another little strand and another little strand and another little strand... It's like the body of Christ. Then you get connected. Uh, all the little strands make a church and a powerful church, and then they connect with another one. We wrap together, and all of a sudden, here we are, twisted together in Christ. An unbreakable bond. No matter what's pulling, it cannot be broken. But each part has to allow itself to be woven in. It has to be twisted in with another part, with another part, until we're all wrapped together in God. And that's what waiting on God is. How do I get my part to wrap in with where God's called me to? And how do I get that all twisted in? And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, you know, what Paul said. Paul said, listen, not that I have apprehended in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he says, not that I have apprehended. But this one thing I do, I forget what's behind me. He says, I, I endeavor with all that's in me to get a hold of what has gotten a hold of me. To get a hold of what has gotten a hold of me. Paul knew something about that. So I'm thinking about all that, and I'm looking, and I'm reading some stuff. And so I begin to read about trapeze artists, of all things. So as I begin to read in their training and stuff, you have a flyer and a catcher in the flying trapeze. You have a flyer and a catcher. And so the flyer is the one that when you're at the circus, I mean, they're doing all the flips and all the, the, the twists and all that stuff. They're, they're the ones. And so they're the ones when you get done, you come up to get their autograph. But I was reading after this flyer and he said, everyone always comes up and says, you are the star of the show. He says, nope, you missed it. My catcher was the star of the show. Because without my catcher, I would have fallen to the ground and been finished. The catcher actually is stronger than the flyer. He has to be able to withstand the pressure and the weight and everything that comes. So the star of the show, the strength of the show, the thing that makes the show actually work is the catcher. 
And the flyer, when they train the flyer, the flyer really has to work. The flyer wants to get up there. He's got his tricks to do, and he wants to get going. But he has to, when he gets to the top or, or he gets to swing, he has to be patient. He can't just start doing his tricks. When he gets up there, he has to stop for a moment and find out what the timing of the catcher is. He can't just go do his trick. He has to wait on the catcher. And once he starts to figure out the rhythm of the catcher, you know, once we start to find out and take some time to find the rhythm of our catcher, and then they begin their swing and make sure they're right in time with the catcher. When they know they're right in time, when they set and they're right in time together, the flyer begins to do his trick. But I found this very interesting in this, is that if the flyer tries to catch the catcher, he will break their wrists. The flyer is not supposed to catch the catcher. The catcher catches the flyer. What the flyer is supposed to do is be in time with the catcher, finish, and just extend his arms. And the catcher catches. And after the catcher catches, the flyer squeezes. Squeezes. So I don't try to catch. I wait. When the catcher catches, I get a hold of him like he's got a hold of me. I squeeze. And God calls us to patience. We hear something from God and we're like, I'm out to do it. And we fall to the ground. I'm out to do it and we fall to the ground. Instead of stopping and saying, let me get in time and in rhythm with the catcher. We get in time and rhythm with the catcher. It's so important that we begin to understand that God has our best interest at heart. Victory is ours. The battle is the Lord's. Begin to fly and twirl and spin and we get to see and be utilized in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And people might think, wow, you're really something. But we're not the star of the show. The catcher is the star of the show. And we think, I need to just get out and do these things. He says, wait a minute. If you don't get in time and in rhythm with me, you'll fall to the ground. I'm here for your success. But patience isn't just saying, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. No, there's been much preparation. They practice. There's timing. They know in that place where we're, we're waiting, we are preparing our mind. We are getting in sync with the catcher so that when we launch off and we're ready to do what we are called to do, even after that, we just extend our hands and the catch. James chapter 1 says this, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, produces, produces patience. 
Let patience have its perfect work. Patience is working. Patience is working. Patience isn't sitting around doing nothing. Patience is working. It's a constancy. It's a constancy. It's staying with it. Patience is staying constant in what you believe. What he's saying here is the enemy has come to knock you off your faith, but through whatever it takes, I'm staying constant in my faith. And when patience has had its perfect work, patience works it perfect. You and I will be complete and entire, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. So listen, while we're being patient... Just write these things down. You're not just sitting around. If we're going to see the completed work of patience, while we look at the promise of God, while we look at the end of what God has said that he would do, number one, we need to meditate on the word of God. It's very easy right now while we're waiting to see what God is going to do to start meditating on everything that's going on in the world, and that will not get us to the point that we need to be at, but it's meditating on the word of God. To put the word of God, not what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is saying, what everybody else is eating, as our primary focus of meditation, but what God has said, what God is doing, to embrace that word, to keep it before our eyes, to lodge it in the midst of our heart. Why? Because it's health, it's life, it's strength to everyone who will take it. It's not a good time to go, when's this going to happen? But to begin to meditate upon the word of God, that the picture and the vision of what God has promised becomes more clear than it's ever been before. What he's promised his church about rising and shining, what he's promised you about developing the gifts and being intertwined with that church, his body, with him, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The second thing is we take this time to pray and to praise. We take this time to pray and to praise. The most devastating thing to the enemy is when he attacks your life and you don't start talking about how he's attacked your life. You begin to pray and you begin to praise. When he thinks he's got you on the run, when he thinks he's got you down and out, when he thinks he's got you upset with the body, when he thinks he's got you doubting God, and he thinks, I've got you, and all of a sudden, you raise your hands, and instead of saying, God, why is this happening to me? You say, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything that you have done, that you have saved my life, and you are the master of my life. This circumstance is not the master. This circumstance will not lord over me. You are Lord of my life. The enemy will try to come and bring a situation that begins to lord over you. Your thought life, your emotions, your activity. But when we start to say, no way, you're Lord. And we just say, listen, so we're blessing the Lord right now. Say, but you don't know what just happened. No, but he does. And he inhabits the praises of his people. When we praise, when we complain, the enemy inhabits your complaining and my complaining. He can inhabit your distress and he can inhabit your doubt, but God inhabits your praise. He inhabits the faith that comes from your praise. So who do we want working in that situation? It's time to not sit back and say, God, when are you going to do something? But know that he already has and praise him for all that he's done and all that he's doing. 
Number three, take time to watch your confession. This is a great time while you're waiting on God to instill and hold fast the confession of your faith, your hope, without wavering. Well, I had a good confession yesterday, but this happened. I hold it no matter what happened, the confession of my faith. Why? Because we're moving to a promise. And every time I said I'm confessing the promise and something new happens, and so I get off of the promise I've affected the time of perfecting what's going on in my faith. I hold fast that confession. Fourthly, put something in your hand to do. Do something that moves you towards that promise. Do something. Put your hand to something. Why? Because he said he would prosper whatever we set our hand to. If you're waiting to put your hand to something until God prospers you, it gets backwards. I'm going to set my hand to something and let God prosper. So we're in that place. We're, we're, we're meditating on the word of God. We're looking at what God has said. We're allowing that word to get into our heart, to strengthen us, to create vision. And now all of a sudden we're praying about that. We're praising God. We're seeing that. We're confessing. We're declaring things that God is showing us. We're declaring the promise of God. And if we're declaring it, as Alan just said in his message, the faith without corresponding action is dead and so we apply that word to our life and fifth in that time is a time to begin to examine your relationships and any relationship that is not drawing you closer to God and his promises is a relationship that needs to be set aside and find and develop relationships that will draw you nearer and pull you and encourage you in the things of God. Patience is constancy in moving forward. So if you haven't seen yet the promise of God in your life, don't sit back and say, I'm just being patient. But begin to put these things to practice, a meditation upon the word of God. Prayer and praise. Confession of that word that you're meditating upon. Action and serving and doing something that moves you closer to that promise. And relationships will draw you in, not draw you away. Why don't you stand up? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify and glorify you. For your good and your mercy endures forever. And ever and ever. We ask you, Holy Spirit, for that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That each and every one will be equipped further in the day that we live in to not be pushed around by the enemy, pushed around by the temperature of the day and the pressures that come to make immediate decisions that are temporary in the result. But that we begin to wait and know and see into the unseen, the eternal. That the decisions that we make and the patience that we have are to bring about things that are eternal instead of just temporary. That we might live in a place of continual success and production of 
things that will last forever instead of things that will fade with time. Minister to every heart and every life, I pray. If you're here, you're watching on live stream and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. This patience that we're talking about is actually a fruit of the Spirit of God in our spirit. And God's been waiting for you actively working to minister to your heart and life so that this day would come that you would make him the Lord of your life and enter into a new place of life with him so that the stress, the pressure, the anxiety of this world doesn't drive you off course, doesn't lord over you, but now the Lord of all peace and patience and comfort and strength will be the Lord and he'll guide you and lord that over you, peace and patience and strength, comfort and healing as you yield to that lordship, he produces that in us, that we might live life to the full and successful. If you're here or you're watching, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation, not another day. I wouldn't wait. Today's the day. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you want to make him Lord of your life today, just raise your hand. We want to pray with you this morning. Anybody at all? In Jesus' name. Not in this room. We never know who's watching on live stream. We've got a number of testimonies of people who prayed the prayer of salvation while they're watching on live stream. So if you're watching, pray this prayer with us. We're all going to pray it together from our hearts. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And this morning, I'm ready to lay down my way of thinking. Jesus... I believe that you died for my sin. God raised you from the dead so that I could be forgiven and made righteous. And so today, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life, the master of the direction of my life. I yield to you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving my life. And redeeming me by your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we encourage you to go on to our, our website, go on to share your story, and let us know you prayed that prayer for the first time. We would love to get you some literature that will help you move forward, not join the church, but move forward in your life with Christ. Amen. Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.